0: what does motion sound like? With Kizikans Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and Six one, since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... To the great. Turn the music up in the headphones I got you here uh, yeah. I'm probably you with you, all probably be. I'm making but all the horses they love it Just to see one of us make it came from the bottom the bottom to the top of the pops Nigga London Ooh, Japan whoa. and I'm straight off the block like a running back get it man I'm straight off the block I could run it back nigga cause I'm straight with the rock you feeling like a pin- Folks, you got to get that dirt off your shoulder. Jay-Z is right, folks. It is Wednesday. That is hump day. Humpty hump day. You made it halfway through the week. Uh, It's been a while since I've done complicated math, but if you break down a five-day work week, and I've done this before, so pardon me if I don't get... uh, I'm a little rusty. If you split five... 20% is each day, right? So 2040. Monday is 20%. Tuesday is 20%. Wednesday, that's Today. By the end of the day, you'll have had 60% through the week, and that's why the hump, we're in the middle, and then the last two days, like I always say, you can coast. Don't even do anything at work. Put an AirPod in while you work. Listen to your favorite shows. Listen to this show. Listen to other shows. Listen to music. You know, that job. Make that job work for you. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Today, we are going to be doing a Southern Charm recap of... I can't tell if it's a jump-the-shark moment for Southern Charm. I don't—I mean, or it's just one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. We actually witness uh, firsthand a dog wedding. And, I mean, Miss Patricia makes a joke that, you know, she doesn't think she's going to see Whitney get married. But truly, Southern Charm is a show full of commitment-phobes. It's it's bizarre. It is bizarre. So the only way we truly would ever get a wedding on this show is potentially— with dogs, and we saw that this week. Uh, jury's still out on Craig and Page. sorry I don't know but uh, we'll do some pop culture stories up first and then hit on over there to Southern Charm and we'll work our way through this guys remember if you like this show leave five stars um, five star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify it really does help leave that for any podcaster you listen to it's a real quick easy and free way to support uh, your your favorite podcaster um, because a lot of people just do this for free so it's a great way to support so they can move up in this industry, which is such a amazing industry. Uh, I was reading just like, there's, there's, there's close to like a billion pods right now. And the fact that I get to do this and be one of them is just so exciting to me. But anybody watching this on YouTube or listening to it at home, remember, you can do the same thing. If you have opinions, if you're listening or watching this and have disagreements with me, which is great, do your own pod. It's totally accessible. I can walk you through it sometime. Maybe I'll even do a YouTube video about that but, I hope you're having a great beginning of your week. I'm a little bummed. I just had to say goodbye to my dog brooklyn um not i mean not forever i I hope um but her my ex was out of town for like ten days, and I got to have her uh for this ten days and and we just did the uh the drop off and i gotta tell you i'm I'm sad that I'm not looking at my dog on my bed who's just been staring at me while I record these things over the last 10 days. Um, and also shout out to my ex for taking such good care of her. I, you know, I feel when she comes over here, it's just like, Hey, let's hope this works. Right. I think me and my dog exchange looks at each other. Like, you know, she's like, are you, you're going to be, you're going to take care of me. Right. And I'm like, let's see. Right. Let's, (laughs) let's hope. Also, I made her watch the dog wedding um, on Southern Charm last night. And even my dog was like, wow, Shep just really can't commit. And those two dogs, uh, they're horrible. They're just horrible dogs. (laughs) Um, So, uh, also... I have that new podcast I've been telling you guys about called What the Kids Are Watching. It's affiliated with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Productions with my co-host, Natalie Poucher, where we recap one episode of a kid's show like Bluey or Booba or Paw Patrol. And it's really funny. And you might learn a little bit about... uh, a parenting because she's a parent. I, of course, am not. Um, but I think it's really funny and I'm uh, really excited to be a part of it. So give that a shot. I think I'm going to put that on my feed, like a feed drop of it tomorrow, just to give you guys a taste of it uh, as well. So check it out. See if it's your thing. Especially if you've had kids and you've had to watch the craziness that these shows are. It might be right up your alley. Also, thank you to everybody watching on YouTube. Make sure you tell your friends. The YouTube, we're still kind of playing with the reality of YouTube is we should be doing these in bite-sized clips of like 12 minutes and I'm putting on 2-hour YouTube things, which is kind of ridiculous, I realize, but we're feeling our way out there. Shout out to Meditza Lopez and Sandra Freer, the two ladies who work with me and uh, truly love all of their help and, you know, we're the we're the bad news bears, we're the little engine that could. Or we're trying. I'm trying. It's hard just to get through the day, you guys. <laughs> um, okay, let's just jump into it. I wanted to. Um, I wanted to not apologize, but I realized I was talking on Tuesday's episode about this, about learning from my audience, and also how you guys will say something, and I will take that with me in the day and kind of like percolate on it and think about it, and you know, for you guys that do do podcasts that listen, you kind of know what it is, you say so many things, and you're bound to say some really stupid as hell things. I happen to do it every podcast. But I, I also can let my passion and excitement get the best of me sometimes. And those are things in the moment where I'm like, I, I, I'm really weird with fairness. I want everything to be fair. And I'm like, if something's not fair, I'm like, F that. No way. That's You're not going to get away with that. And that's why I rail against characters like Jax Taylor and people that are just able to completely lie and completely cheat and completely steal their way through these shows. It frustrates me because you see other people, and this goes for life too, working their asses off to get what they get just by lying. So anyways, I did a story on Monday's Pop Culture Roundup with Sophie Ross where we talked about the pop singer Michelle Branch where she uh, caught her husband uh, allegedly cheating. Patrick Carney, he's the drummer of the band The Black Keys, which I liked up until this week... (laughs) I mean is that the whole secret? is that we're all just shitty people? We all just do shitty things to each other. I hope that's not the case, but sometimes it truly feels like it does. but she um she tweeted out the night before that she caught her husband cheating and they have a six month old newborn and she caught her husband cheating with a man with this girl. Uh, this was the tweet. Just found out my husband cheated on me with his manager and then gives the manager's name from Full Stop Management while I was home with our six-month-old daughter and then did the emoji girl where she's like shrugging her shrugging her shoulders. By the way, I will say there is something darkly comic and really scary. If I were to ever do a tweet about being cheated on or cheating, I think I would refrain from using emojis. <laughs> You know, like, maybe, I think, has emojis, like, really moved us forward as a society at all? I know you're screaming, yes, yes, it has, but I don't know. I think sometimes the emojis can just be like, oh, you know. Like, could you imagine if the emo- emojis existed now, like, like, during Einstein's time? Or, I'm trying to think, like, Mother Teresa. Like, imagine, like, Mother Teresa and you get one of those, like, like sick emoji faces where it looks like it's kind of, like, bomb It would be too much. You'd be like, Mother Teresa, what are you doing, man? Like, that's your Mother Teresa. So anyways, I said she got arrested for domestic abuse. She slapped Patrick Carney two times, and she was arrested. And we've seen her mugshot. She was released because she had to go home to breastfeed her child. So she was released early. And I think I said something of the matter of, like, you know, he deserved it. And I know that is so not... PC. My anger said that I am not a violent person, but I can be an angry person at times. And to me, that hit every kind of button of like, wow, they just had a six month year old. He's on tour and he's cheating already. And I mean, like I could see where somebody would be. Now it doesn't excuse. And I I talked to a couple people about this. It doesn't excuse physical violence ever, right? It doesn't. And I kept trying to logisticize. I kept trying to you know, talk it out in my head of like, well, if you're a rock star, it's not like an NBA play, you know, like we, we shouldn't just allow people to cheat, especially if that's not, you know, there are people that have like set up rules in their marriages or relationships, where they're allowed to go outside of the marriage and relationship. Doesn't seem like this is one of those. And also this is his third wife and he cheated on the other two before this. So, but also that's the other thing too, is the argument of like, well, she should have known better. Like it's always the woman's, you know, the woman should have known, like, how about the guy should have grown up and learned at a certain point that this was not working out for him unless this is a, a escape plan for all of his relationships is just cheat cheat on a person and get caught so i want to apologize because physical violence isn't anything but then my friend also another friend that i'm close with i woke up to this on monday of like of uh she listened to it she was she was i mean not pissed but she was like you know so you're saying like it was she brought up will smith into it because will smith slapped of course chris rock we know that very well and you know, what's the difference between this and that? Where I say, Well, Will Smith, how dare he slap Chris Rock? And I still have those same feelings. How dare he? But the difference to me was in that moment, or how I was thinking was this is a relationship between a man and a woman. He failed vows of this relationship, they have a newborn. Um, I'm sure there are so many emotions coursing through Michelle Branch's uh, brain and all nervous system that these things, like you would see where somebody smacks somebody twice. The, 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 the fact that I, I mean, we'll get more information, so I don't want to predispose, but I I am almost even shocked that Patrick called the police on that. And I, I feel like maybe there's more to the story that I don't know, but I said, and I would assume that Patrick understood why she was angry if he did cheat on her my difference though though with this will smith chris rock thing was like will smith first off didn't get arrested michelle branch got arrested for slapping patrick carney two times got arrested will smith slapped uh somebody uh, on a national award show that had viewers of 750 million people worldwide and to me, that is like the dangerous part of like, well, okay, yeah, if Michelle gets like, why doesn't Will Smith get arrested? But also I find there, there's difference of Michelle Branch, and this is just purely in terms of media and what we see out there. The Will Smith slap with Chris Rock is even really damaging because it kind of chips away, in my opinion, uh, you know, who we are as a society. And, you know, now at the, the highest of high award shows, like I always say, this wasn't This wasn't the MTV Music Awards, guys. This was the Academy Awards, is that we're showing people that it is okay if you don't agree with a joke about your wife or your husband or your friend, you can go up there and smack somebody. You can go up there and smack them. And to me, this is just such a fascinating conversation, even though I know uh, Sophie, I was talking about her, she's like tired of this conversation, but I'm not because I truly believe this is just such a product of our times, that slap. And I think this will be written about and talked about for decades to come. Hopefully we will be around to be continually talking about this because I feel it further chips away what our boundaries are in, uh, in media and what we actually put out there as it's okay to do this. For me, the Michelle Branch, Patrick Carney thing, and this might be a, fa- a faulty feeling for me where I was able to almost excuse it. And that's not right. Like you're not supposed to be physically violent with anybody. But in my head, I was thinking, full fuck this guy, six month old baby, he's going around cheating. Fuck that guy. Like I, that was what I immediately, I'm going to be always honest with you. I do realize now that still, and I always say this, but I need to walk the walk. And I've never hit anybody. I've never been physically violent with anybody. I never will be physically violent with with anybody. Um, but that to me, I was like, okay, well, yeah, fuck that dude. And I realized that is wrong. So I wanted to say that. But I also wanted to say just the Will Smith thing is still so wrong. He didn't need to get arrested and everybody agreed not to press charges and he, he didn't but i think it's just so dangerous for for people to see that for kids to see that like i like i told you if you listen to this show on a regular basis i grew up loving the academy awards i grew up loving talk shows, award shows. I mean, that was my dream to host one something like that. I, I used to practice in the mirror with a toothbrush. And I remember that because Billy Crystal used to say he practiced in the mirror with a toothbrush. And I grew up like when he was hosting. And so I would go practice in the mirror with a toothbrush, hoping that one day I would host the Oscars. It doesn't look like it's going to happen at this point. But the dream was there at one point. And I want other kids to have that dream. But I don't want award shows to turn into the NFL or, you know, the MMA. Like, get into the octagon. And you're like, this is the Oscars. We shouldn't have to worry about bleeding. It's the Oscars. These are, these are movies. And then when you pull back, you're like, oh, these aren't just movies. We're actually awarding movies. This is crazy. Like, nobody has, like, a big, like, the night we've all been waiting for. The Accountants. The yearly award show for the best accountants in the United States of America. Like, we don't do that, but we do celebrate actors. And uh, I don't know. So I wanted to bring that up because I've been thinking about that. But I like that. It's not threatening. Like, it can be threatening in the moment or I can have, like, if I wake up and I have to, um, you know, all of a sudden read a bunch of opinions. Like, that, that, that seems to happen to me a lot now where I will wake up and it's really very privileged of me that I actually have people that write me and want to talk to me or or tell me what they liked or tell me what they didn't like. But sometimes if you wake up and you are not uh, good in the mornings, you'll like hit, you'll be hit with like three intense opinions. And you're like, damn, I'm already in it. So uh, I wanted to not make a correction, but say that I did think about it further. And uh, I hope, you know, and that's okay. Like I did think about it further and I was wrong. So uh, physical violence is never okay. And also, what is not okay either is uh, one of the Jonas Brothers... Actually, this is kind of brave. Joe Jonas, you guys, uh, trying to find the article right now, did a very brave thing, according to People Magazine. He is finally speaking out. He's he's being candid, you guys. This is the headline. Joe Jonas gets candid about using injectables in new campaign. Quote, we can be open and honest. Joe Jonas spoke to people about his brand new partnership with injectable brand Zeomin—I X-E-O-M-I-N? I I don't know how to say that. Uh, What his grooming routine looks like and his favorite and least favorite red carpet looks. I like that this whole People Magazine article is about the campaign, but they're like, fuck it, we gotta make this a little, you know, less about injectables. Tell us what your favorite red carpet looks are, Joe, please. Um, But this is interesting. We're finally getting people coming out. I mean, like, the Kardashians are are sometimes even slightly admitting, like, we might have gotten a tweak. Um, Joe says, we're all getting older and part of being comfortable is being comfortable in our skin. Hell yeah, Joe Jonas. While beauty and grooming routines and habits sometimes feel like a taboo topic for men, Jonas wanted, wants to further that conversation that men could and should take care of their skin too. Joe, I'm a man. I should take care. I, it's too late, Joe. I, I, is it too late for me, Joe Jonas? Hit me up. That's why the musician has partnered with Zeomin, a cosmetic injectable that smooths fine lines using a uniquely purified formula that removes unnecessary proteins. What what the? I thought proteins were good for us for its new Beauty on Your Terms campaign. Quote, I don't think it's necessarily something that we have to shy away from. We can be open and honest about it and be confident and not really shy away from speaking our truth. I like like you know, we used to frame speaking our truth about these kind of deep issues, you know, whether it be our sexuality or our identity of some sort. And now it's like, but let's also be open and honest about our Botox. <laughs> That's the, I, like, I like that we're treating it just as serious as everything else. The Happiness Begins singer who turns 33 on August. This is the other thing. Joe Jonas still naturally looks young. He's 33 years old. Like, pretty soon, people are going, and I, I've heard, like, people are going to start getting Botox out of the womb. They're like, oh, my God, you see this wrinkly baby? Let Yeah, fill her up. Come on. I want this baby to be smooth all the way around, and it is not photographing well. And I need this. I need the Instagram likes, you guys. Um, Joe says, I personally care a lot about what I put into my body, and with an aesthetic treatment like this, I wanted to be mindful of what was in it. UFO. <laughs> Can you imagine Joe Jonas at his, his surgeon? And he's like, the surgeon's like, Joe, we're going to put a little filler in here. It's going to smooth out these lines. And he's like, doctor. And the doctor's like, yeah, Joe, um, I need to know everything that is in this product. I need to know. And my fans need to know. Um, he says, adding that after speaking with his brand, with the brand and his own healthcare provider, he felt good about diving in. Well, that's good. I love that this was a potential. They set this up as a whole month in Joe Jonas's life where he's like, Doc, I need to go get a second opinion and I need I need to talk to my healthcare provider. And then we cut to him talking to the healthcare provider of like, Healthcare provider, it's me, Joe Jonas. I would love to speak to you about this product that the doctor... I mean, I love that according to this, he really did the read. He went to the grad school of trying to learn more about this. He says... I liked that it relieved the area in my skin a little bit, and I was like, okay, this is great, without it being too much for my liking. I appreciated that it wasn't over the top. It's very light. Joe, you're 33 years old. It should be very light. My God, what are we? what is happening to us? These were all these talks at one point, like, oh, men can't do this, or it's weird for guys to do that, and I think there's a stigma that's fading, and I like that. Oh, that's like... God. And I like that. <laughs> I want to talk about slick st- I want to, like, like Joe Jonas, I want to talk about how I can smooth my skin out. Because that's just who I am. A smooth-faced guy Uh, guys are more openly wearing makeup Joe says and it's great to see it's like do whatever you want you know it's a beautiful generation that we're living oh yeah it's real beautiful you guys yeah hey rub feces all over your face it's all anything goes it is a beautiful moment of time that we're living in it's all peace and love now isn't it folks it's just a great time that we're all living in Uh, I should I'm definitely gonna release a makeup line at some point then they go into like favorite red carpet looks and I just, I don't even care. But I thought that was interesting. I saw that before I went on. And I was like, oh, I got to talk to you guys about this. This makes me sad. Oh, you know what makes me sad though in terms of Hollywood breakups and I'm not, this is nothing to do with Pete Davidson and Kim, but we had another confirmation of a breakup that we have expected for a long time. But, uh, and I, I forgot her name the other day on the show, which I don't know what was wrong with me, but Florence Pugh, P-U-G-H has confirmed her split with Scrubs actor Zach Braff. They quietly split earlier this year. And by the way, I love when celebrities quietly split because it does have to be heartbreaking for the celebrity. Honestly, it's, I mean, imagine you guys during a breakup. It's like you don't want to then have it splashed. You know, I'd rather talk about injectables on people instead of having to tell anybody about a breakup of mine. Are you kidding me? So Florence View confirms the split split. Uh, She says, we've been trying to do this separation without the world knowing because it's been a relationship that everybody has an opinion on. Pew, 26, told Harper's Bazaar of the Scrub Star, 47. And that was a lot of the conversation we had about the 21-year-old age difference. And Braff was like kind of branded creepy. And we see this a lot. We even talked about Dane Cook and Kelsey Taylor. Now, when Florence and Zach started dating... Florence was of legal age and Florence said she was of a uh, sound mind and they seemed very happy together. And, you know, you might have opinions on age and relationship and stuff like that. And, and it just seems like she was very set in this relationship. Uh, she says, we just felt something like this would really do us the benefit of not having millions of people telling us how happy they are and we're not to get that we're not together. So we've done that. I automatically get a lumpy throat when I talk about it. Um, And that's sad. Uh, She says, whenever I feel like the line has been crossed in my life, whether it's paparazzi taking private moments or moments that aren't even real or gossip channels that encourage members of the public to share private moments of famous people walking down the street, I think it's incredibly wrong. Oh, shit. Did she just shout out to moi? Nice shout out. She says, I don't think that people just because they have this job that every aspect of their life should be watched and written about. We haven't signed up for a reality TV show. And I love that quote because really we are blurring that line. Or even in what I was talking to you a second ago about the Will Smith-Chris Rock slap, we're blurring the line of entertainment in this country. We truly do treat everything as a reality show. And for somebody like us, we, we love reality shows. So yeah, the more the merrier. And I think the audience, we demand this. We almost demand reality shows of our celebrities now. And I am one of the first people to tell you how much I love reading celebrity sightings or reading celebrity blinds. I do. Uh, But it's also sometimes easier for me to read those not even realizing they're real people because then if I realize they're real people, like I wouldn't want somebody talking about my mom like, you know, I I saw Ryan Bailey's mom, uh, you know, at the Dollar Tree in Gilbert, Arizona, picking up uh, cards. My mom is so funny. She, I've told you this before, but she... She's at the point in life where she refuses to pay 6 to $7 for a Hallmark greeting card. So her tip, this is a Becky Bailey tip, you guys. She always tells me, Ryan, go to the Dollar Tree. They have a card selection and it's only a dollar. And I'm like, okay, so obviously the name of the store is dead on. Like I was like, that, that was my first clue. It might be a dollar. And she's like, Ryan, they have everything. Uh, all the holidays. But then you get to the dollar tree and I got and <laughs> just the most basic and like now uh, all the cards I get from my mom is like, you know, the dollar tree cards are like happy birthday son and then you open the card and it says happy birthday. Those are like dollar tree cards. <laughs> but you always know when you get a card from my mom now because they're all you know my mom has spent like a dollar 4 on it. Um and it's funny cuz my dad you know, my dad's just a dude that's trying to get cards out of the way, so he'll go and buy like a nine dollar card, and then he gets yelled at by my mom for buying the nine dollar card. It's like, Bill, I could have bought, I could have bought eight more cards at the Dollar Tree with what you spent on my card. So then they get fight, in a fight about a card. It's usually like an anniversary card, and then my dad gets in trouble for buying an expensive anniversary card, and my dad's anniversary card for my mom is just like, another year, congrats. <laughs> Dollar Tree. Great. So uh, I love that thought about the reality show. It must be really super hyper weird to be a celebrity. And it always has been. I was telling you guys about that, the princess documentary about Princess Diana. And she, of course, had a tragic car accident being chased by paparazzi. And, you know, it's a rabid thing. And we are a rabid society that really, truly loves all of the information. Listen, my podcast thrives because of information that I'm able to say. And by the way, the podcasts that do blind items and stuff like that, those are even bigger you know, when you're in the taboo like that, I just don't think I'm that good at that. I love reading it. I love absorbing it like you guys do. But I don't know if I could do that. I love talking about theories. And we're going to talk about one in just one second about a returning story that I always talk about from 2016. But I wanted to mention, uh, rest in peace, uh, Florence and Zach. Did we have a couple's name for them? Was it was it Pu-aff? What is it? What, what is their p- path? flo florac i don't know anyways we'd never sad we didn't never had a name so this actually you know how i always talk about that idea you guys of we need to someday there are certain celebrity encounters that we'll always hear about but we don't know what actually happened i always use my main example is in the elevator with beyonce jay-z and solange when solange kicked the crap out of jay-z and then we have those beautiful shots of solange coming out of the uh elevator looking, you know, like victorious and Beyonce looking like, holy shit, my sister just went to bat for me and Jay-Z looking shooken up. And I think it's truly, they should sell this as a print. It is one of the best paparazzi shots I've ever seen. And also if he didn't do so many of these, you know, I I mean, this guy is just a walking meme factory, but Ben Affleck, that one with him and the uh, Phoenix tattoo, like the old man on the sea one where he's just staring at at the ocean with his dad bod and just staring out at the ocean, and you just wonder like, what the fuck is he thinking about? But the other one that I, t- I used to talk about all the time was a 2016 incident, and it was the end of the relationship between Angelina Angelina Jolie and Brad. I almost called it like Matthew Brad Pitt, uh, Brad Pitt. And is there was a private jet that supposedly uh, a fight happened uh, where Brad Pitt was uh, allegedly completely intoxicated and got physical with one of the kids and potentially with Angelina Jolie. Now, this did happen in 2016, folks, um, but we never really we never really got a lot of information about it. Um, it kind of just disappeared and then we've been having ongoing court cases between Jolie and Pitt and, you know, child custody and these kids are getting older and they don't supposedly they don't want to be around Brad Pitt. Who knows? But Brad Pitt has constantly fought for this. He uh, he went sober uh, after this and has been sober for a very long time from my understanding. But anyways, this article came out today that says Angelina Jolie sued the FBI To learn why Brad Pitt wasn't arrested for domestic violence. It says the FBI prepared a statement of probable cause but declined to press charges after meeting with an assistant US attorney. Man, the FBI is having a wild week, you guys. Uh, This is an article written by Ren Graves from Consequence of Sound. I love their site. Uh, Angelina Jolie has been revealed as the Jane Doe behind an anonymous Freedom of Information Act lawsuit demanding that the FBI turn over information about why they didn't arrest Brad Pitt after he allegedly physically and verbally assaulted both her and their children while traveling on a private plane several years ago. The FBI investigated the case and declined to press charges. Um... The article reported that Jane Doe had retained an unusually famous and high-priced attorney and that some of the allegations from uh, from the, these were, were tracked to statements Jolie had made about her ex-husband Brad Pitt, whom she filed to divorce in 2016. Uh, Puck News has now confirmed that Jolie filed the lawsuit and that she did so in order to learn why Pitt wasn't arrested. One week ago on August 9th, Jolie amended the complaint with new information she learned from a filing last year. In September of 2016, the investigating agent quote, prepared a statement of probable cause and presented it to an assistant U.S. attorney in Los Angeles. But after meeting with the attorney, the FBI decides decided not to press charges. Now Jolie wants to know why. Six years after their separation, Pitt and Jolie's divorce remains acrimonious. Earlier this year, Pitt sued Jolie for selling her stake in their joint-owned winery to a Russian oligarch. Um, So this is wild, but it's basically saying, you know, even after all this time, Angelina Jolie wants to know why wasn't Brad Pitt arrested. And we still don't know exact details, but Angelina has not let this go and I was trying to think about it from both sides because Angelina Jolie gets a lot of hate she does Uh, for as much as everybody loves uh, I mean I know she still is very bankable has a lot of fans and all that but she does get a lot of hate and people tend to adore brad pitt in the way that they adore a tom cruise a johnny depp i love brad pitt like you know it's like i it hurts me when i think of brad pitt doing something wrong because you want those kind of stable pop culture figures in your life whether it be tom hanks or uh i'm trying to think uh you know a lady gaga like somebody that you're like okay they're they're artists but they're they're really trying to do good for people and stuff So uh, this is alarming, but unfortunately, it is not going to go away anytime soon. I feel like further and further details will be exposed about whatever happened on this private jet, what Brad Pitt allegedly did and said and all of that. And Angelina Jolie still seems just as mad as she was in 2016 that caused all of this to fall apart. And uh, we always talk about that, though, like we talk about it in the show of, like, can people be forgiven? Can people uh, grow? You know, Brad Pitt did give up drinking, uh, did give up, you know, like, I don't know. Like, you know, are we just a waste to society once we do something horrible to people that we love? I don't know. I keep I think about this all the time for some reason, because you always get it thrown in your face, especially with Bravo shows and celebrity pop culture. You know, and I, you know, I've been, I'm a student of pop culture history and you always like see this, like, oh, it's disgusting what he did. It's disgusting what he did to her, what she did to him. And then you're like, you get older and you're like, man, the world is hard. The life is hard. I, I, you know, it's like, we all hear these fucked up stories about our own families and I'm like, man, my, you know, you're like our I would hate for anything that my, like, family or my cousins have done to have to, like, argue with them and, like, us weekly or something, you know? So I wanted to tell you guys about this. Also, this is a this is a positive story. This is—this will put a little—this is, you know, you know, that was an intense story. But this one, I think, is going to make you guys happy. And that is—and it's a very Southern Charm-related story, which we're about to get into. You guys— Move over, Drew Sedora from Real Housewives of Atlanta, because you are going to not drop it with Drew anymore. You're going to drop it with Craig. Craig Conover from Southern Charm. Uh, This is in People Magazine. Having a banner week of headlines. I mean, between this and the Joe Jonas article, damn, people, slow down. It says, Craig Conover says he's down 20 pounds since returning to the gym. Quote, I was eating everything. (laughs) I was eating everything. Oh, was he, you know, uh, well, I will tell you, even watching him in the episode like two weeks ago when he was just like working on his mood boards, and I'm like, this guy's got to get a little more active. He's just like, oh, he's just like trudging through life. Um, I love the headline too. Like, just that <sighs> Craig Conover says he's down 20 pounds. Like, you know, that's amazing. It truly is amazing. But, you know, what I mean, is this worthy of an article? <laughs> like, you know, Craig Conover let a little toot out at the movies this weekend people magazine exclusive like 20 pounds is cool but i love because it goes really into details like you know craig was like let's push this story he says i'm finally excited to take my shirt off again and that's what it's all about folks speaking to somebody that would refuses to take their shirt off i'll even shower i'll go into the shower with my shirt on you guys it's not true um so this is the article, and it's co-written by Dave Quinn, our good friend, who wrote The Housewives' uh, history, um, Not All Diamonds and Rosé, which I loved. Uh, so congrats. I love Dave Quinn. Uh, it says, The Southern Charm Star 33 opened—33? Joe Jonas is 33. Craig, may I talk to you about injectables? Uh, opened up to people over the weekend about what got him back to the gym, revealing that he's down 20 pounds since he started focusing on his health again. He, this is the quote. I'm fucking fit. I'm I'm fucking fit, more fit now than I've been in years, Conover says at Mohegan Sun's final toast with the host event at their ultra-lux lab. Okay, and he goes, and I'm finally excited to take my shirt off again instead of hiding it on the show. First off, didn't know he was hiding it on the show, but second off, is he just going around this Mohegan Sun event going, let's take, hey, somebody asked me to take my shirt off. I'm not scared anymore. And they're like, shut up. We're trying to sleep. Um, He says, I got so many compliments when I was filming Summer House last week. Maya Allen was like, I've never been attracted to you. And like, you look fantastic. And Maya's tough. Conover says. Potentially a creepy quote there, right? Like Maya from Summer House said, I looked good and she's a tough one. Like, Like, I love that Craig, I mean, in a lot of ways, Craig has very, like me, very a lot of femininity to him, where he truly is, care. like, does anybody want me to take my shirt off at the pool? Do you guys want to see a little bit of my weight loss? I'm very nervous. But then Maya said, it's cool, and Maya's a tough cookie, even though she sells cookies, even though she doesn't really, because it was hard for her to get the cookies out and fulfill the orders. That's another story. But I just love that Craig's all proud. I love that we're going to see that on Summer House of, like, Craig Conover visits this week, and... I hope that's a whole storyline of, like, with him and Paige, where he's like, babe, do you think I should take off my shirt? He's like, Craig, I don't know, whatever. Kind of nervous. Did you see Kyle? He's ripped. Carl's ripped. Like, I've lost 20 pounds, but do I still look good? And he's like, I don't know, Craig, I think you look great. Would you look at me with my shirt off? Paige, look at me. Would you please get out of bed and look at me? Paige, please stop being horizontal. Come on, come out of the bed and look at me. And then he's like, dude, he's like, welcome to the gun show! (laughs) Conover says that his weight fluctuated over the... Hey, Conover, I'm right there with you, brother. Especially as he stopped taking Adderall. The reality star who was a founding cast member... Founding cast member on Southern (laughs) Charm. He was one of our forefathers of Southern Charm when it premiered in 2014. He's been open about his addiction to the ADHD... Uh, medication during the early seasons of the bravo show and says that he began putting on weight after giving it up in 2018 quote adderall craig at my i love that there's an adderall craig can we sell that as an action figure adderall craig cleaning up a house in a single hour adderall craig at my heaviest was 165 pounds he says when i wasn't addicted to amphetamines i hit a healthy weight of like 185 pounds But Conover put on what pal and Southern Charm co-star Austin Kroll jokes was, too much healthy weight. Hysterical joke, Austin. You still got it, dude. You're so funny! Quote, what is it called? Cushion? Teases Conover. But Austin's right. I was unhealthy. By the way, Craig, this would have been a perfect opportunity for you to plug your pillows. When you say cushion... No longer is the cushion around my waist. It's only at my store where you can get Craig Conover stamp of approval pillows. Such an idiot. Uh, He goes, I was eating everything. I was eating a lot of ice cream and I hit the scale one day and I was 205. I started seeing my face and my neck. You can see it on Southern Charm this year. I'm big on season two of Winter House too, which you'll see when that comes out. I had it on my neck and my waist, so when I started buying bigger pants, I knew I had to do something to change. Fucking inspiring, man. But I mean, dude, I've done. I mean, I mean, in all honesty, transparency, I've done all of this stuff. I remember when you have to start buying the bigger pants, it sucks. I remember having to go on Winter House for a whole season and seeing my. <laughs> Thank God I don't have to do reality. Te- I mean, it would it would it would be grim if I had to go on reality television and look at myself. It's it's hard enough to even do this on YouTube from the face up. I even it's it's it takes time to get used to this. Um, but by the way, Craig, if you're listening, that cushion thing that I, I just I gave you a free idea there. Like the cushion is no longer like instead of Brittany from Vanderpump Rules doing those uh, Jenny Craig like I'm Jack Craig and I lost 20 pounds. You could have Craig Conover, like, I'm Craig Conover from Southern Charm, and I no longer have the cushion around my waist. I just have him in my pillow store. Change meant getting to the gym every day despite his disdain for it. I'm right there with Craig, too. I made a decision one day that I was going to go back to the gym no matter how much it sucked, he tells people, and it did suck. I was like, how the hell did I let myself get out of this habit? With the help of a trainer, Brian Elbricht of Swoley Mammoth. And then they just drop the Swoley Mammoth and they don't even tell like, hey, let's learn more about the Swoley Mammoth program. Uh, And workout buddies that include Kroll and their Southern Charm co-star Shep Rose, Conover got into a routine that worked for him. Not only has he lost weight, but going every day's, oh, oh no, did I just discover a typo? Not only has he lost weight, but going every day has improved other areas of his life. I think it means but going every day has improved other areas. Uh-oh. People Magazine, I'm sorry, hire me, uh, has improved other areas of his life. I've made more money since I started going back to the gym than I ever have. Yeah, but what does that mean? Like, you could be selling guns for all we know. Um, He says, because I'm going to the gym in the morning and is calling people all day. feels like a threat. I'm calling people all day when I work out. He says, I never saw it before, he said. I used to take Adderall as a happy pill. Now, if I miss the gym for a few days in a row, I feel my depression creeping up on me. It's really helped me stay on track. I've tried to figure out a way to articulate it to people. Craig, I think you just did, sweetie. Uh, I'm like, guys, this isn't right or wrong. But if I wake up and go to the gym, as hard as that is for me, and I know that sounds silly... But I have a good day. If I don't, I just fucking order food and just lay on my couch and watch movies. And I was like, Craig, bingo, that's the guy I want. I want the order food and the couch and the the TV, Craig. And by the way, I think Paige wants that Craig too. Paige is one of the best laying in bed people that I've ever. I mean, one of the best people to ever do it. Lay on a couch, lay horizontally. Paige Zorbo, one of the best you're ever going to find in terms of laying down on objects. And uh, I wonder if her, I wonder if Craig's lifestyle is upsetting Paige because she's like, I thought this was going to be a more sedentary relationship than I find myself having to do a lot uh, uh, now that you want to go to the gym every day. What if it gets to a point where Craig is like, Paige, we're through because I'm committed to my health and my activities. So we're done. We're done, toots. We're done. I just thought that was an amazing article. That's like one of my favorite types of pop culture articles. When, when the oh my God, I just got a cameo. By the way, I'm on Cameo, you guys. I think it's like 20 bucks and you can get a greeting if you want a birthday greeting. You want me to do some silly voices. You want to see my silly room. It's all silliness. So if you want me to tell a love, I'll even break up with your loved one for you. You know what I'm saying? I'll do it. I'll do the hard stuff that you don't want to do. Um, Please get a cameo for me. I just got an order. That's cool. I love that. Uh, so that, Craig, we are very inspired by your fitness journey. I like when people find out, and I'm the same way that, you know, I think I was saying on yesterday's show that I was like, I hate fucking water. Water's so boring, but you have to drink it in order to like help you lose weight, to hydrate your body, you know, and it's just so, and I love that it's like, yeah, no shit, you have to drink water. But I like when I, th- I, I discover commonplace things that people have known for years. You're like, wait a sec, if I eat less, I don't gain weight. Okay, less, and then I'm like, then I'll forget. I'll be like, more. Is it? more, did I mean? More? And they're like, no, less. Um, but we're all, we're all, I, we're all Craig Conover, you guys. Um, let's see. Do I do one more story before? What, what, what minute are we at here? We're at forty-five minutes. Damn, you guys. I really. And I was supposed to have a guest today that I already recorded, but I have to get Bravo's approval, um, because I do not want to get in trouble with Bravo. Because I love them. And so I had asked permission and I haven't gotten that permission yet. So I have a uh, an interview ready to go that I was going to pair with this Southern Charm recap. Uh, but luckily, I, did, I mean, I did not luckily. I didn't get permission yet. But luckily, I'm able to talk about anything and ever. <laughs> I still got to do Kim Zolciak's story about her daughter uh, getting a Dewey. Uh, wanted to talk more about... Uh, And then there was like this uh, Brandy Glanville post that uh, one of her son's girlfriends posted about her and posted screenshots of Brandy reading her the riot act over text, which is like, could you imagine Brandy? Could you imagine you girls out there dating one of Brandy's sons and having to deal with Brandy on a holiday basis? You know, like just how many Christmases or Hanukkahs or whatever would be ruined? (laughs) I'll do the Kim Zolciak story at another time because I want to get into this and and just get funky with this Southern Charm recap uh, let's take a quick break and we will uh, we'll play a little Southern Charm music to get you guys in the mood and then let's do some dog wedding if I had a nickel for every time I said that We're back and we're back. Do 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 tweet tweet tweet. It's easy. one two three. Ooh hoo! It's a bop, man. I need to. I want to make a DJ mix of that song, but make it where there's like a drop. You know, like it's easy oh by the way look at this new pillow one of our house guests um it's it's not about the poster hey, it's me. oh you guys i don't know if I, I think i told you that the house that i'm living in right now is getting sold and um so they've been doing showings of it, and I've told you how ridiculous my room is. Like, I've got that oil painting of Girardi and her, his brothers. I've got the lingerie that from Tom Girardi's lingerie. I mean, I've got all of this weird shit everywhere, let alone, like, all of this equipment. And um, my roommate said uh, that she, she talked to the realtor and that a couple people that came and saw the house... <laughs> uh, Listen to the show. <laughs> Sorry, isn't that insane? Okay. So if you're if you're the listener, if you're the listener that um, came into my room, my sacred space, please keep that between you and me. I just love the fact that somebody was like, "Oh, this is this is where Ryan Bailey must work." Do <laughs> you guys? like this. I mean, I like the bizarreness of it. I liked the framing device of using the quotes of saying like the wedding part one, the wedding part two. And I'll explain what I mean by that. If you haven't watched, it's just a weird, not a weird season. I mean, it is a weird season, but it's, it's very all over the place. Like we'll have a conversation about race and racism. And then we go to a dog wedding. And I always say that, you know, can the show withstand these kind of big issues when it's also about a bunch of dudes that can't commit? I mean, this is truly one of the most commitment-phobic casts in modern-day history. And I always say this about reality shows, and I always wonder what mine would be, what your guys' would be, is that it really highlights our weaknesses. So it's almost a joke how Shep views marriage and relationships and you can see that it I mean he genuinely is scared of them and that's not like a put-on he looks in fear most of the time and this is somebody that is for him somebody that wants to be with him this is something like you know and he's just like "Uh, I mean Shep's mind just must be wild he even says in this episode he's like lust and love you're not gonna tell me if you're with somebody that you're still not gonna lust for the hottest piece of ass in the room and I'm like dude Hey, you're on camera. Uh, uh, uh. But at the same time, thank you for sharing because that's a really interesting way of saying that you're never going to marry Taylor. You're never going to do that. In fact, I mean, I don't even know if why Taylor had any hope at all because the more I think about it, the more Shep has been really steadfast in his opinions of relationships. And in fact, if you read his book, which uh, it's up their average expectations – uh lessons in lowering the bar. Some of the quotes from this week's episode in his Talking Heads were taken directly from that book of his viewpoint. And that book was written years ago, and this guy hasn't changed at all. You know? And you can be good you can be a good person, I believe, and really fun to be around and all that. And you can also be horrible in relationships. Remember, two things can always be true at once. And this guy just seems horrible horrible at relationships in fact I, I'm so curious of Taylor's experience coming out of this thing because she's going to be blown away when she actually starts dating a guy that wants to be with her she's going to be like what I don't have to feel guilty for wanting to be with you because that's what it, it, it makes it just like uh fine Taylor I'll hold your hand I guess it's so weird, you know? So this is called Holy matrimony, and we always try to break down those titles, what this could possibly mean. And in my head, I was like, mutrimony, where have I heard that before? I'm like, matrimony. So I'm like, holy matrimony, which means a marriage. But matrimony, what does that mean? And I'm like, mutt, mutt, mutt is a dog. Actually, Brooklyn, my dog came up with it. My dog was like, Ryan, that means a dog. And I'm like, okay, so this means dog wedding. And I was like, great title, great title, nailed it. Now the description of this says, the wedding countdown begins for little Craig and Peaches. Remember last week's episode, we found out from Miss Patricia that they, uh, she wants to have a wedding and she's going to make animals do it. Not animals like Shep, but like the actual animals. Uh, Shep tells Whitney about his marriage fears. (laughs) I'm just like, what a guy, what a guy to tell your marriage fears to. Whitney is not with somebody either. Like, Tell your wedding fears and marriage fears to somebody that's actually fucking married. Maybe talk to your parents, Chef. I would love to see that scene, too. You think Whitney's going to, like, lead you down the primrose path of, like, how to understand a healthy relationship? No! And then we get previously on Southern Charm. And remember, the music is like... Dee, 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 dee. And Naomi does the voiceover for these now. And, you know, she's warming into it. I still don't... I would have rather heard Craig do it. I mean, they're both equally lazy in how they speak... But I love it. She goes, as Austin wondered if he had a future with Olivia, she was considering moving on. And we see a couple of scenes of that, you know, of them kind of like, well, I don't want to hold you back, blah, blah, blah. And then we hear the song go, just a regular bozo. Meanwhile, Vanita was ready to let bygones be bygones. And we had that scene from last week where Venita was communicating with her mom, saying, clearly I wasn't communicating clearly enough with Olivia. And I don't know what that disconnect is. Then she goes, Catherine couldn't let go of her nagging thoughts. And we have a scene of her and Chubbs, her boyfriend, Cleb, or Caleb. You say it it, Caleb, but it's spelled C-H-L-E-B, but in my head, it's Chubbs. So Chubbs and Catherine telling saying to Chubbs, like, so what really went down between you and Naomi? And then the voiceover, and when I met up with Craig, the awkward conversation with Caleb found it uh, found its way into a more awkward one. And we see that picnic thing where they had like a tea where Craig goes and, and he she wanted to tell him about her conversation with Chubbs and the Catherine thing and Craig was like, why are we doing this in person? I have to go pick up Paige from the airport. And she's like, okay, well, let's all have a fun night out. And he's like, I can't be out with my ex, especially if we hooked up. And uh, then Naomi's voiceover goes, speaking of hooking up. And then we go to Miss Patricia, where she goes, that was a violation of sorts. And your dog, little Craig, has to do the audible thing. Baba dee dee dee. And then we have the last scene from last week where she is meeting with the wedding planner, which is just wild. Uh, she goes, uh, the wedding planner's like, what are you thinking about doing it? And she goes, this week? We're going to get mad this week. And the wedding planner's like, oh, my God. And she's like, this pin is scratching. And Patricia's looking on like, oh, my God. It's very tense. Can we put this dog wedding together on sh- this short of notice? It's never been done before. And her name is Erica, this event planner. And she scratches her head and she goes, Miss Patricia, we can do that this week. And then Miss Patricia's like, oh good. I like that you're so detail-oriented. And then on the screen it says, Monday. And I love that. It's like the Summer House thing when I love they put up the, the day and the time. Because I feel like, oh my God, I've done a Wednesday at 12:37 p.m. I've experienced that before. So when they say Monday, I'm like, fuck. I'm, I'm, I know Monday. Like, I've, i am done a Monday. So it says Monday on the screen. <laughs> and, uh, we find out that Madison is the maid of honor for Peaches, the dog. Uh, they're getting an outfit and Vinita, Vinita doesn't know what to wear. So she comes out in this pink, shiny thing at this store. She looks beautiful. And then she has a fur on. She's like, should, should, should I wear a fur? And he's like, oh, probably not. Don't wear a fur to a dog wedding. And then we go to, unless... It's 101 Dalmatians, baby. Uh, Then we go to Wednesday. It says Wednesday. Which, by the way, what the fuck happened on Tuesday? Did nothing happen on Tuesday? Because we skip Monday to Wednesday. And Wednesday, um, Shep is with Whitney, or Shep is going to see Whitney. And uh, Whitney is carrying Peaches and has a leash around Peaches, but carrying her. And Shep Shep is there. And Whitney lets us know, this is Peaches' first time on a leash. You know, when she goes to Paris, we got to walk her outside the Ritz, you know, so this is her leash. And uh, Whitney shares with Shep, yeah, mom thinks me, me and you will not be getting married anytime soon. And Shep's like, oh, I didn't know that your mom thought about that for me. Like, you can always tell that Shep really does like Miss Patricia and anybody that's kind of wealthier. He's like, ooh. I was on Miss Patricia's mind. Excellent, nice. Um, the The hierarchy of the Southern Charm cast is fascinating to me because you really do see that there is a true hierarchy. That, I mean, it really does exist in Charleston. Like, I mean, this and you would tell with these people; it's very real. It's one of the things I actually like about Southern Charm. Um, so uh, Whitney says, "Well, you know." I don't know, be with the same woman, woman for eternity? They're now talking about deep stuff. They're talking about marriage. And Shep goes, lust or love? But lust wins a lot. You know, you're never not going to be attracted to the hottest person in the room. And then Whitney goes, every year Ferrari comes out with a new model. And that's like a rich person joke of like, ha ha, I can't be in love because I'll always be lusting out of that new Ferrari model. I do that with Corollas when they, I have a a 2021 Corolla, but man, when I see that, I start seeing those 2023 Corollas, I'm like, damn, you ain't looking too good anymore. 2021 Corolla. Um, So Shep, you know, I was like, oh, here, here we go with the Shep excuses. And Shep's like, I don't want to get married just to get divorced. And then I'm talking to he's like, if you failed at marriage, you failed at something. And it's not something anyone wants And also, no one's ever gotten divorced in my family. And this is very fascinating. This is what I truly believe he believes, and this is actually in his book as well. And I just tend to think, what a short-sighted feeling of like you fail at something. But also, guess what? When you fail at something, you learn incrementally. You learn so much from failure. And I don't mean necessarily in relationships, but you do. You take what works and you move on and stuff. And it's such a like, well, I will never try it because I don't want to fail. I'm like, Shep, it looks like you fail at all these other things. You're comfortable failing in like business and all that shit, but you can't fail in relationships. That, 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 that is such backward thinking for me. And for such a person that appreciates philosophy and art and stuff like that, I think this is a very weird, uh, probably, I guess, family. The family has passed down this way of thinking or something. It is, it's bizarre to me. It truly is bizarre to me because I want, I mean, like, I feel like, I don't know, like, Craig is the only one that I feel genuinely wants to be married someday. Like, really, you can tell he's itching. Um, so Whitney says, um, Has uh, Taylor given you a timeline? And Chef's like, No, no, not at all. Like, I'm almost like, Yeah, she knows not to. But <laughs> the fear got in her. Hey, you better not have marriage come through those lips at all. And Whitney goes, well, I'll talk to Taylor about that. And Shep's like, I'm sure she would love that. And uh, he tells Craig, he goes, Craig, little Craig, you're in for a long one, buddy. Because, you know, the dog is going to be married to Peaches. And Now, all of a sudden, we're at Friday. Friday goes out on the screen. And we see Taylor by herself at a restaurant talking to herself very awkwardly. She's like, I hate to be the first one at a I hate to be the first one at a restaurant. Now I'm just gonna be staring at this menu. I like I felt so awkward for her, cause you can tell she's like a little uncomfortable around cameras, and like this is like her worst nightmare of like people said they'd show up to film with me and now I'm here by myself. Read okay, should I read the soups? Um cream of onion soup for Taylor. I'm gonna have it. Um Olivia comes in and goes, Aren't you a sight for sore eyes? OK, and then Catherine walks in and she's in this like blue leather outfit and she has like the hair. And Olivia goes, I'm feeling Catherine's Ice Queen color. And then Catherine's like, I'm thinking about going back to red soon. And Olivia goes, I love your red. Olivia, pick a lane. Do you like the Ice Queen or do you like the red? They all order food. Catherine, this has actually got me excited. This is how Catherine orders a spicy pineapple uh, uh, margarita. And I was like, if you guys, you guys probably don't know. I love pineapple. I love it. Like, honestly, and have you ever had pineapple sherbet? Oh, my God. Amazing. But I want a pineapple drink, like a spicy pineapple. Like I, I don't know why I'm whispering. Why, why am I ashamed? Why am I ashamed of my love? of? Hey, guys, dude, I love pineapple. And then uh, Catherine's like, this menu says spicy, so I'm in. And then Taylor orders the tickled pink. And she goes, I'll order the tickled pink because I'm tickled to be here. And I'm like, we all don't need to do funny bits with the drink. Let's just move it along. Move it along. And uh, so Olivia tells the ladies that Marcy, Shep's cousin, set her up with a date for the dog wedding. We get a flat – this is, guys, my – my. you know my issues with flashbacks. Here we go. Flashback. Two days ago. And uh, she's FaceTiming with Marcy. She's like, I love Austin. He's great. But, you know, and Marcy's like, well, I love Austin too. Uh, you remember, Marcy's had a crush on Austin forever even though he's, she's married and about to have a baby. She goes, like, I love Austin too. He's great. But I was talking to my husband, John. Then we get a flashback to Marcy and her husband talking. And this is the the flat. Should we set – hey, John's like, should we set them up? Should we set – uh, Olivia up with our friend Alex. Yeah, let's do that. Then we get a flashback back to the flashback where it's like, yeah, Marcy set me up. Then we cut to Austin. Like, the guys, the flashbacks on the flashbacks, I know you think you're telling this unique way to tell a story of like, I was talking to John, cut to that scene talking with John, cut to, like, it's like, guys, just, it's okay. We'll, we'll just tell the story, man. Flashbacks, <laughs> I'm so grumpy. Um, we cut to Austin. He's FaceTiming his sister on FaceTime. She's wearing broken glasses. He's like, hey, Harry Potter glasses. And Austin tells this joke, he's like, Harry Potter had broken glasses. And I'm like, fix them, bro. You're like a wizard. How is Harry Potter the only one with shitty vision in the wizarding world? He's the only one with glasses. And I thought that was a very clever observation. But I'm willing to bet that he read or heard that from somebody else, and that is not an Austin original. In fact, I kept meaning to put that put the, that thought into the old Google and see how many times other people have said it, because I do like that thought, but something in me tells me Austin didn't come up with that thought himself. So anyways, he's telling about... Uh, you know his relationship with Olivia. He's like, I just want to have con- continue to have fun. And this is like, does Olivia know that? He's like, yeah. And she goes, well, have fun, but just make sure to not make this one me- messy. And he's like, when do I make things messy? And then we do a flashback of all the times Austin's made things messy. We cut to Chelsea from three years ago, and hit on the phone, like, do you want this to end like this, Chelsea? And then we get two years ago. My favorite scene in the history of all scenes. Madison, Madison. Madison, where he's walking around and his boxers trying to poke his boner down, and Madison's like, You have these two girls in here at 8 30 in the morning? How dare you, sir? How dare you? This is fucking. This is fucking Madison. bullshit. Madison! You are an insane person. Oh my, oh my god. god! Fuck. Keep me like this is embarrassing. M- Madison! I'm having a conversation. No, you're not. It's 7 fucking 30 in the morning, you crazy person. Madison. 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 I will remove you from this house physically if I have to. You are being crazy right now. I know that. The fact that you recognize it does not make it okay. So stop. Stop it. Madison. Shut the f. Okay, okay. This, this is craziness. <laughs> this is fucking craziness. This is crazy. So. Did you fucking catch it? No, I actually did not. What the fuck is the matter with you? So why are your paintings laying back dead? Because they sucked in my fucking bedroom. <laughs> and what the oh, fuck oh, is the matter shit. with that? So fucking embarrassed for you right now. This yeah, this is, is crazy. <laughs> Dude, this is, this is like, like a like crazy month. Madison! On. So we're going through Austin's greatest hits or misses. And, um, you know, he says uh, two weeks ago, we get that flashback to him telling Olivia, I'm not going to be interested in anybody who's friends with Madison. And the sister's like, don't put yourself in a position where you wake up and you're still a mess. And he goes, thank you, Gandhi. Ha, thank you for your sage advice. Then we cut to Catherine back in the restaurant going, I wasn't invited to the dog wedding. In a talking head, Catherine's like, oh, yeah, let's have our dogs marry each other. Come over to our house. I'll throw a lavish event. Catherine's making fun of Patricia here, and I kind of, I'm here for it. I like it. We cut to the big wedding day. It says, chapter wedding day, chapter one. Um, And it says, one should always be in love. That is a reason not to marry. Oscar Wilde. So I'm like, wow, we're doing like little like, uh, weddings are for idiots, but like quotes from famous people bagging on marriage. And I'm like, wow, they're really pushing a format. This is an episode you can tell that they are proud of. Like, they're like, they used all these different framing devices, you know. And I'm like, I always like when they try stuff out. Let's just not rely as heavily on the flashbacks. The cakes are getting brought in, florists, glassware. My God, it really is a full, you know, money was spent here. We cut to Craig's house. And I noticed also the music is weird in this episode. Like, it's not the necessary, it's not the old, like, it's kind of like, Uh, page you got guess what page doing what she does she's laying down she's waking up you guys it's a page the sorbo original and craig's like waking you know when i when i sleep next to you i sleep much better and page goes you snore very loudly and he goes does it keep you up And she goes, no, I put a pillow over your head. (laughs) And then she laughs. She goes, come on, laugh. That was fun. We cut to Shep and Taylor giving little Craig a bath in the bathtub. And then those rascally dogs, they always get out of the bathroom. They shake, 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 shake. And they're like, oh, we deserve that. And then we cut to Olivia getting dressed. Very pretty dress for a dog wedding. Uh, Her dad, Gary. Like, we've really met her parents a lot this year. Her dad, Gary, comes in. She's like, Dad, I'm going to a dog wedding. He's like, Really? Does the dog know they're getting married? And he's like, You want to take our dog, Mar? And then we see Mar walking in the background. Mar would have loved to have gone to that dog wedding. Why didn't we not let Mar go? Um, so uh, she tells her dad, <laughs> she tells her dad, Gary, that uh, Marcy, Shep's cousin, set me up with one of their friends. And a talking head, uh, talking head, Olivia goes, I've gotten out of it in the past with setups, you know, made excuses. And she asks her dad, Gary, should I feel awkward bringing this guy to this dog wedding with Austin there? And Gary goes, if I was in your shoes, I'd play the field. And she goes, you've been giving me that advice for years. I'll wait to ask mom. Then we cut to Whitney playing bad guitars. Like, it's like Slash in the um, uh, November Rain video when he walks outside the church. He was like, my name is Whitney. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? um patricia's getting made up and he goes it's not every day your dog gets married slap on that pancake makeup in a talking head shows people love weddings and dogs and excuses to have a party madison and her boobs walk in like she is very booby in this dress like it was like va va voom and Patricia goes i love that dress it's backless And Patricia goes, ''How does my makeup look?'' And Madison goes, ''You look wonderful. Of course you're going to say that. It's Miss Patricia.'' And Miss Patricia goes, ''Was it raining out there?'' She goes, ''A little.'' Patricia is drinking a whiskey drink. We cut to Vanita getting made up. We cut to Leva getting ready. Her son is like, ''What are you doing, Mommy? Why are you leaving me again?'' And she's like, are you going to be good? He's like, yeah. We cut to Naomi getting ready. And I got to tell you, once again, her nose, I know she's happy with her new nose and that's all that matters. But the nose, it just gives Whoville vibes too much for me. And she was so, like, she's a gorgeous woman no matter which nose, obviously. But it's like, I thought she was, like, uniquely beautiful with her old nose. Does that make sense? And I know it's not my business or, you know, but, you know, I, I can have opinions. But it's just an opinion. That's all it is. So, uh, we, uh, cut to Austin and he's just slow-mo running his fingers through his hair. And they actually kind of troll him by like having that go like slow-mo and he just keeps running. His fingers goes, look. Now is my favorite part of the show where I get to talk to uh, talk about our sponsors for this week. And we have two returning sponsors. Uh, I love both of these. And I think these actually kind of go hand in hand. We have Splendid Spoon and we have Just Thrive. And Splendid Spoon, you guys, they've sent me a, a couple orders now of just like a array of meals. And it's just awesome. And you guys, I especially love uh, things like Splendid Spoon where it's healthy and you can just throw it in the microwave. Very little thing. Like it's you don't have to cook. You can, you know, I can be at my desk working on pods and all of that stuff and just go in the kitchen, throw it in the microwave for a couple minutes. And I have an amazing tasting meal that is healthy for me and it tastes amazing. Um, So when the weather is warm, you can't help but get out and explore, Um, and you got to make sure you refresh and refuel after a long summer getaway. So whether you're planning for the big summer trip or recovering from one, it's important to give your body the fuel it needs to feel its best. With Splendid Spoon, you can enjoy a clean, delicious, stress-free meal in just minutes. Splendid Spoon takes the work out of eating healthy by delivering ready-to-eat, plant-based meals, smoothies, the smoothies are flipping ridiculous, you guys. And juices, I I actually had a smoothie. You know, like how I sometimes like Diet Coke. I mean, not even sometimes. I was at a Diet Coke and I I was like, well, better crack into one of these smoothies. And it was just as good as a Diet Coke. And I was like, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Um, And they also have juices and they'll deliver it right to your door. They have like these recovery shots. Um, It's just so good. Um, So yeah, it's, they, they, they want me always in these things to talk about like how this fits into my routine. And it's like, it fits amazingly into my routine. Cause my routine is so frantic and busy that it fits right in because this is the only thing it, it's like, it's so easy for me to make. And it feels like I'm eating something that is home cooked. You know, it saves so much time. Uh, I just, I love everything about it. And you get to choose the meals that you want. Each delivery, you can choose. And they have such a wide array of dishes. They have over like 50 choices. They're constantly rotating their their menu. It's insane. So it fits into any schedule. And there's a meal plan for everyone. You can just go on your website and make your choices. And then it's shipped directly to your door. This is the bad part. You got to take it from the door and you got to put it in the fridge. And sometimes I'm like, can I handle it? But I've been working out. So it's been easier for me to actually do basic activities like that. Um, Every single meal. And this is also awesome. 100% plant-based, gluten-free, and GMO-free. So you can enjoy delicious dishes like creamy mushroom and spinach noodles, coconut curry, and the cauliflower tikka soup, which is so good. So good. Um, So you got to stay well-fueled this summer with Splendid Spoon. Get started today and save on an entire week of ready-made plant-based meals. So just go to SplendidSpoon.com forward slash so bad for $50 off your first box when you subscribe. That's $50 off at SplendidSpoon.com slash so bad. And remember, you guys, go check it out for yourselves Like, I think you will really dig it, but use the promotion and also go check it out for the podcast. It really does help. I want our sponsors to always feel like we've got a nice audience that is willing to check out these things. But I totally, totally dig Splendid Spoon myself. So Splendid Spoon, if you're listening, please please keep sending me. It's so good this anyways. Okay. And our final one today is just thrive. Uh, I'm going to give you a 15% off promo code at the end of this. So just know that. Um, but I have been taking two of their products and, uh, one is a probiotic. And then one is this thing called just, uh, just calm. It's like a brand new product and it has been clinically proven in multiple studies to help reduce perceived stress. I totally need that balance cortisol, improve sleep quality, and even encourage focus and flow. And for unbeatable stress management, I have been pairing it. The just calm with the just thrive spore based probiotic. Um, and this is why I do that. We've all heard the term gut instinct or the gut-brain connection, but that connection is more powerful than you think. Your gut and brain talk to each other, sending signals all day long. By the way, the gut-brain talk thing sounds like an amazing podcast. If I could get my gut and brain talking to each other, that would just free me up. If I, that would just be like one episode per week. I'm just I take it easy and I just record my gut and brain talking to each other. Um, <laughs> the gut's like, man, are you even in their brain? So a healthy gut isn't just crucial for immune and digestive health, It's also one of the best ways to beat stress long-term. By giving your gut the beneficial bacteria it needs to thrive, Just Thrive Probiotic not only supports your best gut health, it creates the perfect foundation for Just Calm to perform at maximum strength. And when your gut is happy and your stress is under control, you'll be able to keep calm and win the day every day. So like I said earlier, right now you can get 15% off this Dynamic Duo when you go to JustThriveHealth.com and use code so bad at checkout. And I'll put the link in the show notes. So make sure, and you'll be here in that, that that spot all week. Thank you guys for listening to these. I know it is easy to fast forward, but I really do appreciate it. And the show appreciates it. Uh, the URL will uh, be up there, but the, the folks that Just Thrive, amazing. And I gotta tell you, I've taken probiotics before. <laughs> I don't wanna get graphic, but this probiotic, let me just tell you, it, it truly works truly we're just gonna leave it at that. then we get chap wedding chapter two, and the quote is "Men marry because they are tired, women because they are curious, both are disappointed Oscar Wilde. Thank you Oscar. Uh, we got to Olivia. At uh, Marcy's place. And, uh, hey, hello, I love you. That whole girl thing where they hug and tell each other they look beautiful. Now we meet this guy, Zach, I think I called him Alex earlier, but his name is Zach. And this is the guy that he's uh, she's going to be set up with. And he's, he's a good looking guy, right? He has curly hair. Curly hair. I have some curly hair. It's just a mess right now. But I have curly hair. And you know what they always say about men with curly hair? Huge dongs. Like, oh, just huge. I mean, I didn't make that up. Huge dongs. It's a, just a scientific fact. Um, she goes uh, in a talking head. Olivia's like, well, considering this is my first blind date, I'm pleased with what I see so far. Wouldn't your worst nightmare is to be on this blind date and be the dude and, like, get shit on in a talking head? of like, this guy's a fucking freak. He looks like a loser. Anyways, they all cheers. They're having a drink, blah, blah, blah. And Marcy says, I hope these dogs have a prenup. If they don't, Little Craig is scoring. You know, because Miss Patricia is so wealthy. We cut to Little Craig farting in the car ride over with Taylor and Shep. I also think it might have been Shep farting, and he blames it on Little Craig. You know, I can see that. And Taylor's like, should we give Little Craig advice about marriage? And Shep's like, oh, fine. Never go to sleep angry. Just go to sleep. And then Taylor reads advice off the phone. She goes, freely admit fault, humbly asking for forgiveness and, uh, and look towards rekindling, rebuilding trust. And Shep goes, Oh, that sounds awful. Craig, do whatever you want. So rude, man. Like, honestly, you know, you can just tell Shep is in that spot of not wanting to be with this woman. It is just really just, it's so obvious. Uh, we cut to chapter three and the quote here is. Marriage is a wonderful institution, but who wants to live in an institution? Groucho Marx. We see the armadillo cake, which he had talked about last week. Uh, Erica, the planner, the wedding planner, is talking to the bartenders. Little Craig walks in with Shep and Taylor. Shep in the talking head says, I hate weddings. Every single girl has this syndrome that they get from Disney drilled into them about Cinderella and their Prince Charming. Let me tell you, there is no Prince Charming. The more perfect they seem, the more screwed up they are. Shep. Hello, darkness, my old friend, man. Like, hug me. Put a smile on. Come on, man. It's dark. Let people have their Disney little... Let let people be Disney adults. It's fine. And I get what you're saying. But, like, also let people live, man. And also, in your case, it doesn't look perfect on the outside. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. (sighs) I... Disappointing Shep episode here at times. And I like Shep. We cut to Peaches, the the uh, the bride and her wedding dress, and she has pearls, the whole thing, and Miss Patricia's like, I've been married three times. Married in a church, married on a mega yacht, and I was married on a Fifth Avenue apartment by a Supreme Court judge. Obviously, this wedding would be nice if it was Whitney's wedding, but as long as it's a member of my family, I'm happy. Um, I got to, you know, there's so much, we've talked so much about Supreme Court judges and like, oh, they, you know, and this is what Supreme Court judges really do. They end up wearing, mar- just part of their job is just marrying rich weirdos on Fifth Avenue. Like, it's, it's just funny the way the world works, right? Like Supreme Court judge, you're like, you got married by a Supreme Court judge? Didn't they have something big to decide? They're like, sure, why don't I go over and just marry? You? Like, it's like, it's all... <sighs> In my next life, I want to be extremely wealthy. Erica is doing the wedding placement. How everybody walks. Uh, it says Madison will walk down, and then you two will walk little Craig down to Shep and Taylor. And then uh, we see little Craig uh, go for the pool where there's a swan, and they're like, "Oh no, he's gonna pop the swan! He's gonna pop the swan! No, 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 no!" And Shep is playing with little Shep, and it is it brings a tear to your eye. Uh, you know, it's father and son. Taylor says little playboy over there craig learns from the best and uh we cut to whitney coming out in a a blue sports jacket with like kind of dazzlies on it and a black t-shirt and uh says you guys excited about being in-laws or no uh, taylor says you guys excited about being in-laws and whitney goes my life's dream and chef goes hogtied Guys, then just get out of here. If you're not going to participate in the dog wedding, I need everybody to be positive about this dog wedding. Doctor Berger, their veterinarian, walks in. He's the one marrying them. And Chef's like, Doctor Berger, thanks for doing this. And when he goes, Hey, I'm going to go do a sound check, and then he does that guitar noodling again. He's just so proud of himself. You remember that one Southern Charm episode where he was dating that what was like a Swedish model, and he was like, Hey, let me play this. And it was like one of the most. It was like one of the first time I had seen Southern Charm, and I was like, What the fuck is this? I was like I was like that was one of this like when Whitney was like a full time character on this show and I was wondering if like that was part of the reasons why he stopped of like wow I potentially look like a huge idiot in scenes like that. But now he's like <laughs> Vanita has her dog Charles with her. Um, and Taylor like, Oh my god, he's so cute, I'm gonna cry And then Shep goes, Taylor, if you start crying because of that dog, uh I don't know what to do with her. Uh Charles, Vanita dog, Vanita's dog, takes a shit. Which, amazing. Naomi comes in and goes, oh, my God, it's chilly. We see that the honeymoon suite, there's a little doghouse decorated for them to bone the two dogs. And uh, this is the moment where I was flashing back to the Kardashian episode where Kim Kim's looking for her diamond earring in the the, the blue water in the ocean. And it's like, Kim, there are people dying. Like, we've literally sp- – I mean, the money spent on this dog wedding – we could have ended homelessness. I mean, by the way, this the, all this. all imagine if this money went to the Homeless Not Toothless Foundation. Really, honestly. Um, Leva comes in, kisses Whitney. Austin comes out and in. And the best man for little Craig is Austin. And he brought a little top hat for little Craig. Austin gets some champagne. Madison, I say, looks great. And you can see it. Austin see Madison and know that she looks great. You know, I like those undeniables. I might not love Madison as a character all in all, but, I, you know, I think everybody has to admit, Madison looks great, right? Taylor goes, oh, my God, Madison, you look like a mermaid. And, I w- and she's like, oh, thank you. I was thinking Frozen. Um, also, I was waiting for Shep to be like, oh, enough with the mermaids, Taylor. It's stupid. Um, and Austin's like, yeah, I was thinking you look like a dumb whore. Austin says I knew that this would happen when she when I was asked to be best man I knew I would have to go down the aisle with her and it's just a nightmare anytime with an altar in Madison Austin says and Austin Austin look, looks like he's had better days um, Marcy comes in with a wedding gift for little Craig Zach meets Shep. Zach, of course, is Olivia's uh, blind date. We see John, Marcy's husband, with them. Shep says, just got to embrace the ridiculousness now, man. You tell Chef's now had a couple of drinks in him. He's loosening up. He's like, okay, it's kind of fun. It's fun. Taylor is introduced to, uh, Taylor introduces Zach to Naomi. And she's like, oh, we were just, we were set up. And Austin sees it and goes, Taylor, who is that? And she's like, huh? no, Taylor, who is that? And Taylor's like, it's Olivia's blind date. And Austin goes, he's a a handsome man. We cut to chapter four, and the quote here is, a man who doesn't know what happiness is. A man doesn't know what happiness is unless he's married. But then it's too late. Frank Sinatra. I like that some of the people these quotes come from are just... Seriously, they were horrible in their own marriages. Um, Craig is chasing uh, Charles around. Little Craig is chasing the dog Charles around. Shep saying, it's just a wedding, little Craig. You can still get a divorce. Austin asks Whitney, um, are we not going to see peaches until it's time? And Whitney's like, yeah, it's like a proper wedding, dude. Uh, Shep tells Austin, this is so ridiculous, but I'm so here for it. You know, it's like, I'm not jaded at all about it. Sure, Shep. Austin says, who's your date? um Marcy and John oh yeah so Austin now is in front of Olivia and says who's your date and Olivia's like Marcy and John set me up with them and shep says well he seems really cool and Austin goes i guess he is je- you he's jealous folks in the talking head Austin goes it's just one of those things where you say that you know I w- you know that you want them to date but then you hope that they don't listen to you and this time she listened to me <laughs> I just love—it's always one of those times where they realize I'm just a fucking idiot, and uh, I guess I lost out this time. Um, We get a flashback to two weeks ago, their uh, first date, where Austin says, Hey, I can't expect you not to date since I'm moving this relationship at a snail's pace. We cut to Naomi talking to Madison, and she goes, What changed between you and Austin between that party and now? And Madison's like, I got engaged. That's what changed. We get a flashback to them being awkward at um, Olivia's uh, oyster party. And Naomi goes, well, that's weird. I'm awkward around Craig right now. And he's, he's trying to be respectful to Paige. In a talking head, Naomi goes, I would never try to get up on Craig. And I thought we were cool, but I guess not. But by the way, there is reason – I mean they did sleep together two times in the near future from when this was fi- – you know, the, the near past when this was filmed. We cut to Paige and Craig walking in uh, and Craig uh, – Paige goes, I don't think many people have been to a dog wedding and Craig's like, it's such a Charleston thing. And she goes, nah, this is some rich people shit. I mean, but honestly, really a good Paige scene. It's nice to see her up, out of bed, walking. We cut to Naomi, and she's still talking about that situation. She goes, I want to figure it out. I don't want to cause problems. And she goes, are they even coming? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah there they are. Paige is, uh, Paige is like a little bit of a jokester, as we know. And she looks around. She goes, this is more expensive than my wedding will be. And Paige goes, Oh my God, I'm so cold. I'm freezing. I didn't know it would be raining. And Naomi, you know, is talking. Naomi goes, Craig, give her your jacket. Naomi really does boss around Craig. You really see how that relationship worked. And you can see why Craig, it was, you know, really good that he broke out of that because she really still bosses him around. And Craig goes, Everyone, everyone, I'm going to give her my jacket. You don't need to tell me to do it. In a talking head, Craig goes, What is going through Naomi's head? She thinks. She knows my girlfriend, what's best for her. And for my, you know, like she, she, she did not have the right to tell me about my jacket. And Craig goes, I don't think she's getting it. This is not respecting boundaries. We cut to Patricia putting a mink stole on and a dress. And she's like, it's sparkling. It's, it's sprinkling outside. We got to try to do the ceremony before the clouds come. Chapter five. The quote is marriage is a made under heaven. No, no, marriages are made in heaven, but so is thunder and lightning, Clint Eastwood. (laughs) Hors d'oeuvres are getting passed around. Whitney's soundboard thing, I guess, is being temperamental. Kind of giving me a Back to the Future vibe of him playing at the school, Michael J. Fox playing at the school dance. Like, we gotta do it, Marty! You gotta make it work, Marty! Um, The sweet stylings of Whitney um the planner won't let austin have an umbrella because Austin's like it's rain can i have an umbrella she's like it won't look good uh he's asking her a bunch of questions here comes the bride patricia is laughing taylor says hey honey uh and they're like little craig don't look at peaches don't look at little, little peaches yet the rain is starting to co- come down shep tells patricia dogs hate rain and Patricia goes i know i know and we're waiting on whitney i guess for the soundboard disaster and Miss Patricia's like, oh, my gosh, what a disaster. And Erica, the wedding planner, says that I, I couldn't, I, you know, to Austin still about the br- umbrella, like, it would look bad. And uh, Austin says, OK, OK. And oh, no, no, sorry. we had already had that scene. But Miss Patricia's like has an umbrella. And Austin's like, well, she wouldn't let me have an umbrella. She said it would look bad. And Madison goes, it's because she wanted to make you look bad. And Austin's like, like a stick went up his butt. And she, he turns around and he goes, why are you the way you are? And she goes, you're the one being weird. And Austin goes, are you serious? Are you serious? Is this serious?" And she's like, Lord have mercy. Come on, Whitney. He finally picks up his guitar. The piano starts. Dun, 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 um, Shep is panicking about how he walks. Shep is an idiot. Paige says, "This is insane." She's seated and watching this. Austin uh, goes down first. Madison comes down. Shep and Taylor come down with little Craig. Now we hear the screeching guitar, I'm like, rah, 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 which is like this is where I was like, "I'm filing an animal abuse complaint." This is this is not right. Uh, Miss Patricia says. Can you put Peaches down for me? Uh, You know, put Peaches down for me, please. Peaches walks down the the aisle. Everyone stands up. But now she's like breaking through the leash. And little Craig is just watching. And we cut to Charles. Vanita's dog jumps out of the chair to sniff Peaches' private parts. And it's either like, oh, no, we got a runaway bride to Peaches. And Chef goes, Where's the damn top hat for little Craig? I forgot. Olivia says, I do feel bad for Austin. It's a shitty situation, but I'm just going to have fun with Jake. And the producer goes, Zach. And she goes, Oh my God. Oh, yeah, Zach. I'm just going to have fun with Zach. Dr. Berger uh, starts his big speech. He's like, we're uniting these two fine canines and holy matrimony. And everybody's like, ah. And Taylor says, if Shep and I were to get married, he wouldn't even sit still and listen to any of this. Taylor, this is a reason 5003 why you should not want to marry Shep. Because you're right. Taylor, you know already all of this. You know what You know. You know. And Shep says, I'm a big skip the wedding and go to the reception guy. And I'm like, we know, Shep, we know. Um, so uh, Dr. Berger continues on. Like dogs, love makes messes and leaves you little surprises here and there. Lots of cleaning up after and get it fixed. In your cases, I've already taken care of that. <laughs> Craig and a talking head says, I'm excited to stand up there with Paige one day and live that rom-com life, possible wedding and all that fun stuff. Oh, Craig, and especially that you're 20 pounds lighter now. I'm excited to get up there on my wedding day on the altar and take my shirt off and not be ashamed about taking my shirt off. Uh, Peaches is, is looking at Charles, Venita's dog, the whole, the entire ceremony. It must've bro- broken little Craig's heart. Uh, now we're at the reception and we get, it says the reception on screen. It says, hear no evil, speak no evil. And you won't be invited to cocktail parties. Oscar Wilde. And Patricia goes, let there be cakes! And uh, we see the cake topper as a little armadillo. And Craig goes, what's the armadillo? And Miss Patricia's like, steal magnolias! It's for the bachelor cake! And Craig goes, oh yeah, it was in like Scarlet Magnolias or whatever. And you Naomi know says... Do you really like this new guy for real, to Olivia, in regards to uh, the the guy she's on the blind date with? And Olivia's like, "Well, I'm getting to know him, you know. Regardless, I want to go out and get to know people, and he's so fine and cute, and I'm having a really good time." Shep is talking to Paige and Craig, and he goes, "Austin's like straddling the line because she brought a date," and Craig says he's uh, such a weirdo because the other day he said, I can't wait to hang out with the Olivia again. They really meant we are such chi- we are such children because we really do say shit like this. Like, i like, I like, can't wait to see this girl again. It'll be cool. It's going to be cool. I got to see this girl. It'll be so cool. I got to watch TV with this girl. It's so cool. And a talking head, Craig goes, with me and Paige, it's a slightly sim- similar situation that um, they're in, you know, Austin, and Olivia, and as soon, but as soon as we knew we wanted to be together, that's what we did. And, you know, you do care she has a date. So date her. Austin is with Leva and he's like, I'm drinking Jack and Coke. and I don't, I don't usually drink Jack. Olivia brought a date. I love that he's like, I'm going to punish everybody and myself and drink Jack and Coke, a drink that I don't really even like. And she, he goes, I don't care. And Leva goes, you don't care? He goes, well, I do care. And she goes, you're either going to go for the girl or not. And he goes, I guess I'm not. And she goes, why not? Why would I? Austin, what are you? What games are we playing here? What is this, like a, a Meisner exercise? In a talking head, uh, you know, Lev is like, this is the girl that you're going to lock down or she's gone. And this line, I was like, yeah, Olivia seems fine, but like this is the girl that you're going to lock down or you're gone? Like, I, I, come on. Madison and Vanita sit down in this conversation, go, can we interrupt? Nice wedding. And Benita goes, did you get any inspiration? And Austin goes, yeah, marriage is poison. Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm pouting now. I'm Austin, the powder. And Madison goes, you know what Austin, I have some, I have a bone to pick with you. And, and she goes, he goes, what possibly do you want to get on me for now? And she goes, well, why couldn't you even say hello to me today? And Austin goes, "There's no reason for us to talk, Madison. There's just not a reason for us to talk. Everything that you do is a subtle dig at me." And she's like, "Give me an example." And then he just says, "I'm just trying to make sure a titty don't pop out for uh, for Madison in a Talking Head." Miss Patricia now sits down, and a Talking Head Miss Patricia goes, "What's going on? That there's an altercation at a dog wedding." And she goes, Craig, have a seat. There's a conversation we need to break into. And Miss Patricia goes, what do you think? Did that put you in the mood? That wedding, that doggy wedding? Watching animals get married? That put you in the mood? And Craig's like, yeah, yeah, it did. And she goes, Naomi, come sit over here. Sit next to Craig. Now, Now scrunch up a little bit. Take down your underdraws. yeah. Touch each other's bodies, discover each other, yeah. Do it. It's me, Miss Patricia. I'd say what goes here. <laughs> so it's a stupid scene where he's like sitting, you can tell Craig's all uncomfortable, and then he goes, "Hey, Craig," he was like, "What's up?" And um, Miss Patricia goes, "I asked Craig if that wedding put him in the mood," and he's like, "Yeah, I said it kind of did." We see Paige talking to Shep, but kind of looking over and uh, at the situation, and Austin. Doing Madison's accent is still talking to Madison going, you just can't help it, you know. And then you blame it on me. Oh, I thought he was bigger than that. And he goes, Madison, that's the definition of gaslighting. The exact definition of it. <laughs> it's not true. Your- I do love that men are really taking back the word gaslighting. It's a word that came up with, like, to talk about how men treat women in a lot of ways. But finally, men are taking it back. That's our word now, ladies. That is, our. I will be gaslit, not you. Austin says... I gotta go. Nope, nope. And he just gets out of the couch and walks away. And Pat goes, Oh my God! a dog wedding! And Madison says to Naomi, How was Craig awkward? I think he remembered... I, I, uh, oh, how was Craig awkward? And Naomi's like, I think he remembered Paige was there. So he got all awkward. In a talking head, Naomi goes, I don't want her to think I'm after her boyfriend. I mean, anymore. <laughs> Whitney now is sitting next to Naomi. And then we cut to Austin saying... Guess I'm 0 for 2 to Leva. What a sad sack. Paige goes um, to Austin, who's, you know, goes, Hey, you know our girls are in, you, you know our girls in town. And Austin goes, What? And she goes, Our girl's in town. Sierra. And then we get a flashback to their winter house scene. You're a kid. Now you're a kid. Now you're a kid. Now you're a kid. And Craig says, Yeah, she's been sleeping on my couch. And Austin goes, <laughs> Really? Really? And then we see him just throw out condoms. He's like, not going to need these. (laughs) No, it is one of those. I got to say, like, Paige, how dare you? Like, if this, if if what we're to, what we, what we saw is to be believed that this man really fucked over your friend. And you're like, guess what? We got a piece of meat back at Craig's. You want to do things to her? Like, weird. And also, we're supposed to believe that Craig didn't text Austin that Sierra was sleeping on his couch? Like, are they seriously that? It's just so Austin's like, Really? Oh, Zoikes? We cut to Vanita's arms around Miss Patricia and she goes, You gotta teach me how to get my first husband. And Vanita was a little too grabby with Miss Patricia And Chef is uh, goes, okay, we we gotta go to dinner to Austin. And Austin goes, Actually, Sierra's in town, and I'd like to get my dick wet. No, we go, Sierra's in town and I'd like to go hang out with her. And Chef goes, Uh And, uh, he's like, well, Olivia brought a date, Mr. Lumberjack chic, you know, okay. Shep in a talking net says, Austin should sit down with a therapist. You know, doing something out of revenge is probably not the right thing to do. So he's saying going to hook up with Sierra because he's upset about Olivia isn't the right thing to do. Um, Shep, that is amazing advice. But also I'd like to give advice to you is that you should go, um, to a therapist as well. I mean, right, like, right. Like, you know, Austin should have been like, you know, Hey, I don't think it's uh, necessarily the smartest idea that uh, Shep never likes to be around his girlfriend, uh, even though she really loves him. So uh, Craig and Shep are on now on the couch together. and Naomi comes up and goes, Craig, can we have a chat quickly and casually? And he goes, about what? And he goes, she goes, I can't tell you until we have a chat. It's not a big deal, Craig. I love how we have to genuinely pull Craig into scenes and, like, they have to be surprises. like, come on, Craig, just do it. Go to the scene. Work. Craig tells Paige, I got to go talk to Naomi. And Paige looks a little ticked. She's like, nah. And Madison is talking to Paige. And she goes, the exes are always going to feel like that. They missed out. And Paige goes, yep, that's how it goes. And Madison goes, her loss. And Paige goes, my game. And then she immediately falls on the floor and goes to sleep. And then we cut to Craig going, Naomi, if this is going to be a serious conversation, I'm out. I'm out. And Naomi's like, no, it's not, Craig. Calm down. And a talking head, he's like, pulling me aside at a group event is just weird. But also it's Southern Charm. you. I mean, it's like, you, Craig, you know the drill. And he's like, so what's the problem? And she goes, I feel like you're, I feel like you're being awkward around me a little bit. And he goes, it's a respect thing. We're not just exes. We did hook up recently. And she goes, the problem is, I feel like when you and I are sometimes around each other, you act a certain way. And he goes, Naomi, if you're trying to insinuate, I act different around you. I'm not, I'm not. And she goes, that's not what I'm saying. Can you listen to me? This is a perfect example of two people that just don't listen to each other. I love it. Craig goes, then say it correctly, Naomi. And she goes, the only thing I was trying to ask you if, if I make you feel uncomfortable in the way you make me feel uncomfortable when I was dating Matul, you and I were around each other and I thought I wasn't allowed to interact with you. And Craig goes, yeah, cause you were with someone who was controlling this fuck. And she goes, right, so that's what I'm trying to say when I was in your position. And he goes, you were never in my position, Naomi. You left a loving relationship to be with a controlling asshole who cheated on you. And in the meantime, your boyfriend, who loved you for a very long time, moved on. So you can never compare the position I'm in with a very loving girlfriend like Paige with the position you were in. So what would you like to say? Because honestly, Naomi... You don't affect my life anymore. You just don't. You just don't. You don't. I gotta say, this was actually for, for something that supposedly was not planned. This was very well said. I was like, Craig, you really kind of succinctly said your point. And then he goes, stands up, he goes, I'm ready. Let's go, Paige. And Paige walks out. And she's like, Yeah, let's go. And that's the end of the episode. And then they're like, on the next episode of Southern Charm. And then we see Chubbs. We did, We had a Chubb-free episode, uh, Caleb-free episode. Chubbs and Catherine break up and she's like, yeah, let's just take a break. And he's like... I'm going to leave. I'm Chubbs. And then we see they're all on a party bus. They're going to Aldebaran, which is a Frank Lloyd Wright house, which I love. I mean, Frank Lloyd Wright house. Frank Lloyd Wright designed some amazing houses. That would be super cool. Then we see it's a very active episode. They're on horses. They're on scooters. And then we see Naomi telling Olivia about Austin hanging out with Sierra. She's like, what? And then we cut to Austin saying, Naomi, um, you don't care about who she's hooking up with? And, uh... And then, oh yeah, we cut to Austin saying to, uh, sorry, Austin saying to Craig, going to Craig, going, you don't care who Naomi hooks up with, and he's like, no, I don't, and Austin goes, okay, because she made out with Whitney, and Craig's like, what the fuck, what the fuck. And you, by the way, he's wearing a Luke see his company, his ranger company. He's wearing a Luke Gulbranson original shirt, Craig is. And then we see a scene around the fire, and Chef's like, This is not kumbaya! It's not how I run re- my relationship in my life. And Taylor's like, "Chef, stop! Stop! And it's something like something happens between, I think, a fight between Craig and Whitney. Who knows, though? But what in another exciting episode, I always... Uh, man, th- what a fun episode with you guys. Uh, I, uh, I'll be back, uh, every day this week We we have uh, a chock, chock full week of that. Ep- we do. We have a lot of episodes. Anyways, I love you guys. And I will talk to you bright and early on Thursday. Please leave a positive review. If you like this and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Bye. Betches.